Every haunted place has a story with a dark past. This is Ghost Encounters Podcast. Due to the graphic and violent things discussed on this episode, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, all you spooky people, to the 20th episode of the first season of Ghost Encounters Podcast. I am paranormal investigator Justin Torok. Oh shit, I didn't think about what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm Kayla Bolash, and I'm back! And I'm Jordan, the group scientist. <laughs> Can't wait to people. Kayla, so happy to have you back. We Thank you. We missed you on the last one. I was so sad that I was not here. We had some here. great conversations the last time about I know, the mock I possessions. I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> Although I will say, not being here, I did get to listen to the podcast with like fresh ears, which was kind of nice. See, that's yeah, kind of yeah. a different way of listening yeah. to it versus being here. And exactly. Because like when we go back and listen to it after we've already recorded it, I'm like, yep, you I remember that. I remember that. I don't really remember saying that, but okay. But the whole podcast was new to me that episode, so it was really cool. <laughs> so speaking of the podcast, uh, we have open sponsorship opportunities. So there are ad spots available if anyone wants to sponsor. Uh, the sponsorships can range from month to month to the whole year. There's different sponsorship levels, and you can have uh, a longer ad, a shorter ad. There's I'm very flexible with uh, pricing. Um, you can reach hundreds of people, thousands of people, actually, at this point, um, to uh, promote your business, promote yourself, whatever it is. Uh, you send us a script, I'll record it, uh, whether it be 30-second, 60-second ad, and it'll attach on the podcast episodes, however long you want to do it for. Um, people have already seen some leads come in from uh, you know sponsoring the podcast, which is great. So if you're interested, email ghostencounterspa at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook or Instagram. Also, for our wonderful listeners, if any of you have any ideas uh, for episodes for this podcast or any places that we should talk about, people we should talk about, or if you just have some kind of uh, general topic that you want us to cover, like remember the one time we did Haunted uh, Ireland or Haunted Vessels awesome. and we all yeah. brought different things to the table. If anyone has any ideas or anything you want to hear, email us, uh, message us on Facebook. Um, we'll take those ideas and we will put it into a podcast episode. Absolutely. Uh, there is also merch if people want to buy Ghost Encounter shirts. We have Ghost Encounter shirts in all sizes. The great thing about these shirts is they're comfortable, but they also glow in the dark. It's really, really cool. So if you want a, <laughs> if you want a Ghost Encounter shirt, uh, email me, message me. Kayla. Yes. Previously, we were talking about Hank, and he had to go undergo some surgery. So he went through his first knee surgery, correct? He did. He had, um, it was roughly like two or three procedures that they ended up doing all at oh, once. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, his knee was completely fused together with his meniscus caught in there. Um, along with a torn CCL, and both of his knees are actually both like that. Um, but the first knee was operated on. We are hitting our two-week mark tomorrow, and the staples come out, so we are very excited. He finally started walking around. That's good. Um, and his personality is definitely starting to come back, so I'm That's very good. excited to see... My little boy start walking. But and he, enjoying he his needs life another again. surgery, correct? He does. He has a second knee surgery coming up in about six to ten weeks, depending on how his healing process goes. Are you still looking for help for that? Yes, our GoFundMe is still up. Um, we can put the link in the show notes, and we also have a nonprofit that is raising donations as well. And those donations are all tax. Um, Deductible? Tax deductible, yes. So if you do decide to donate to the organization because of a dog, you can always write that off. 
anyone who's listening, please help out Hank. He's a wonderful, beautiful boy. Um, could definitely use your help with that last surgery. Um, email us or, like I said, I'll put the link in the podcast yeah, Absolutely. Notes. Anything helps. Um, it's a pretty hefty procedure to do on one knee, let alone two. So <laughs> anything that people are willing to donate, um, just please, it is greatly appreciated. And Hank will post some lovely photos running around when he's all healed. <laughs> I can't Good. wait. I love him. I can't wait to see him run around like a goofball. Oh <laughs> I just want to take a moment and thank all of you who listen to the podcast. Um, we wouldn't be at the numbers that we're at today without all of you listening and sharing. So I just want to thank you. Um, I think when we started this, we have now overly quadrupled our amount of listeners, which is, which is awesome. I just want to thank you all for listening, sharing. Um, this episode is a little sad because this episode marks the end of season one. Can you believe it? We got through 20 episodes. We got through a whole season of this podcast. How many seasons do we have to get to until we can get like a sound machine? <laughs> I just think it would be really beneficial the every time something exciting happens. Don't leave me in control I'll, of the sound machine. I'll tell you what, if we can get to ten thousand listeners, I will buy whatever we whatever you want. If you want to hear me add really awful sounds to the podcast, you gotta get us there, please. <laughs> So yes, this is the end of season one. Um, we may or may not take a short break until we start season two, or we might just get right into it and start season uh, start season two. Um, we have big ideas and plans for season two. We're gonna have a lot more guests and some collaboration ideas. Uh, so this last episode of season one, we've mentioned this place before, so now we're going to do a deep dive into it. We're gonna talk about the Amityville Horror. We're not gonna talk about the movie or the book, we're gonna talk about the actual events that happened in 1974. 30 miles outside of New York City, nestled in the Long Island town of Amityville, stands the house forever linked to the Amityville Horror. It's perhaps one of the most famous haunted houses in America, 112 Ocean Avenue. However, in an attempt to discourage tourists and people from coming to look at the house, one of the newer owners of this place changed the address to 108 Ocean Avenue. I just spoiled it for them. <laughs> Public record. <laughs> Before we do a deep dive into the story, there might be some people who don't know what happened. I'll just do a quick uh, overview before we get to the details. Um, but on November 13th, 1974, uh, the estate was the scene of a mass murder. Using a 35 Marlin rifle, 23-year-old Ronald J. DeFeo Jr. murdered his entire family while they were asleep, which included his parents and four siblings. Thirteen months later, the Lutz family purchased the home at a drastically reduced price of only $80,000 due to the murders, but they only lasted there for 28 days. Uh, their spine-tingling tales of paranormal activity are what propelled the legend of Amityville Horror today and spawned books, documentaries, and films. So, a house that was $80,000 in 1975 would be $430,000 today. Which, for a house of this size, in that it's location, so is cheap. very cheap. Yep. Especially in this market. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> So this house has appeared in so many things. Um, obviously, it was a book first, as these things do. The book came out not too long after this whole paranormal phenomena came about. Um, Jordan, do you know when that book came out? 
1977. So really not too long after um, this whole incident happened. And then the movie came out only a few years after that. The original 1979, the Amityville Horror movie, came out. Um, there have been other movie adaptations. One recently, I think, uh, came out in 2005 with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's um, the only one I've actually seen. It was pretty decent. Yeah. I haven't seen the whole movie. thing. I've seen like bits and pieces of it. I, yeah. know, I got to like the bathtub part. Something happens with him in the bathtub. He like, I don't know, almost drowns. I don't remember, but... I can see why you would stop it there. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, mm, water, because I was a swimmer. I'm going to die. That's pretty much why I stopped I watching the ring. I drove past the Amityville Horror House once. Did you really? I did, yeah. I was seeing a concert in the area, so I asked my friend's dad to drive us by the house, and he was like, why would you want to? I'm like, just drive a car. That's awesome. <laughs> he did it. But it's... apparently the current owners don't have any problems, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny that you brought that up, uh, Caleb. My friend at work... Her husband's like a super big horror buff. Like her, the one room, the extra room in their house is dedicated all to horror shit. Really? Yeah, like he has, it. and they like get like everything. I wish I had a picture of it. They, he has like masks and shit on the That's wall. Awesome. He has That's like signed stuff everywhere. It's the coolest room ever. And um, I turned to her because I knew that they are super into doom and gloom horror shit. Yeah. And I was like, do you know anything about Amityville? Because I don't know jack <laughs> shit. And um, she was like, I have one thing to tell you. And my friend Nina from work is so fucking funny. She just goes, she goes, we were lost and we were driving down this dirt road. We made a turn and it was like in the middle of nowhere. It's mm -hmm. not even like there were cornfields near us. It was like this open weird ass field. And then we saw a half hanging sign that said Amityville. And you want to know what I did, Jordan? And I said, what? So I, hailed, I, I tailed the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> that's all she told me about Amityville. So that was enough for me to be like, I have to do some research. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's a massive house. Is it's it? A, it's it's, it's a big house big. On, on the yeah. lake. Like it's a beautiful property. I heard that they like renovated um, parts of it, like the windows, the token windows. Yeah, and all so those token windows, which makes the house look like it has a face. Uh, it's been on the cover of almost mm -hmm. every single book and documentary and movie oh, really? that's out there. I don't even know what it looks like. I have to look it up. Look what picture right now. That's what it looks like now. It looks very nice. Oh. That looks scary. Yeah, so that's where Oh, it, I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think they changed those windows out. Right? Yeah, 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 they changed that's the windows out. Uh, been updated too. Yeah, it just it's looks very like a nice, now. you know, lakeside house now. Well, and yeah, now I have in my, um, I did some research and the people that own it now say that they don't have a single problem there. Interesting. Nothing. Yeah. No ghosts. Nothing. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so, All I gotta say is I'm jealous of that balcony. Oh, it's big. It's, it's like massive. Super big. Oh yeah. my gosh. I didn't realize it was that big. It doesn't look because it's like you look at it from the front or if yeah. you look at it from the side, it's like long it's like and a skinny. Long, yeah. But when you look at it from over top, it's wide. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is I a didn't large know it was that big. Home. Um, let's get into the full story of what happened back in the 70s. Like I said, on November 13th, 1974, 23-year-old Ronald Butch, I guess the nickname, DeFeo Jr., entered a local bar in Amityville and cried out for help, saying that his entire family had been shot. DeFeo and some of the bar patrons returned to DeFeo's house at 112 Ocean Avenue at the time. Once inside, they found that DeFeo's parents, Ronald DeFeo Sr. and Louise DeFeo, dead from an apparent gunshot wound. The police were called and when they arrived, it was discovered that not only were the DeFeo's parents shot dead, but so were the DeFeo's siblings, Dawn, age 18, Allison, age 13, Mark, age 12, and John Matthew, age 9. Ronald DeFeo Jr. claimed that he knew who the killer was, 
a mob hitman, he claimed to say. <laughs> the police, understandably, did not buy into his story and proceeded to interview uh, DeFeo. The interview resulted in numerous inconsistencies, and it quickly became apparent that DeFeo was the prime suspect. By the next day, DeFeo had confessed to the murder, saying, Once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. When DeFeo went to trial, however, his story had changed yet again. His lawyers claimed insanity, stating that DeFeo claimed he heard demonic voices urging him to kill his family. The jury didn't find DeFeo's defense believable, and he was found guilty on six counts of second-degree murder and sentenced to six sentences of 25 years to life. When he was going through this whole thing, he said at one point, he changed up his story and said, the voices told me to kill my family. And then he changed it up to, my sister and two of our friends made up a plan that we were going to kill our parents because of blah, 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 blah. And it changed into, like, the most ridiculous plot. Right, he just kept changing it yeah. and twisting or it. Or how she, Dawn, killed um, the parents, and then he was pissed at her, and then he shot her, and then they had to shoot everybody. It was, like, crazy. It was just madness. What I don't understand is how you shoot a rifle in a house in the middle of the night. With no one hearing and, and no waking one, up. And no one wakes up. They like, were it's all not like, found in their beds. Yeah, like, it's, it's not, not like, like someone... anyone was shot in the hallway, like, coming exactly. to stop him. They were like, I'm gonna just hang yeah, here. I have in my notes that the parents were shot twice. Like, both, like, were shot twice. And then the kids were all shot by single shots. So, how many shots is that? Like, you don't think somebody would be like, right. oh, word, somebody's shooting off firecrackers? Like, you would think, like, oh, shit, that's a gun. You think after the first shot, someone would have woken up? Yeah. I hear a door close outside, and I'm looking out my window like, this is safe? We good? I, I, I didn't see anything about any, like, I don't know, sleeping aids being Mm-mm. put into their meals or anything like that. Like, their, their hands weren't bound. Like, they were tied up and then, you know, untied. It does lead me to believe that a possession of some sort very well could have been the issue, because if one person could be possessed and told to do things... The remaining people could very well be taken over by a spirit as well, and right. who and he knows? Didn't, he didn't have motive. Keep them in their bed. Anything like like I mean, we don't know what spirits are fully capable of. We've seen people be held against their will by spirits before, so it's very possible that they could have somehow kept them in the bedroom or blocked the sounds. Who knows? I also found out that um, there's physical evidence that suggested that um, the mom and one of the daughters were awake at the time of their deaths, which was contrary to the other ones, because they were all found laying face down. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, like, another thing that we always talk about on this podcast. That's, that's like remorse, yeah, too. Remorse and all that stuff. So, Flipping like, it also over. makes yeah. me think more of him committing all these murders mm-hmm. and then feeling like, right. wow, because I really should what, have done that. Because, what, does the whole family sleep face down? How I do know, even sleep face down? I know very <laughs> minimal people who are belly sleepers, me being one of them. <laughs> and right. Yeah, I, I find it really hard to believe that a whole family slept like that. But the blood splatter from the crime scene shows that they were all shot in bed. Yep. It's not like, like you said, it's not like someone was shot in the hallway and he put them in bed. Mm-mm. It's they were all shot in bed. So it's a very strange murder because, like we said, how, do, how does someone not wake up from a gunshot inside a house? I go to the shooting range. I know what it sounds like in an enclosed room, and that's just a handgun. I can't imagine a rifle in a house. Yeah, see, I don't know anything about that shit. Sorry. I can't tell <laughs> I you what a gunshot sounds gun. like, except for the gunshots Movies. that I've heard, like, in the streets. But... Uh, <laughs> 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 Where are you from? In the streets? In the streets? 
<laughs> the only gunshots I'm familiar with are the ones that I can hear in the city surrounding where I live. <laughs> I've heard, like, the shooting range at Matt's house, like our one friend's yeah. old house, where that, but that's, like, far away. So I can't imagine yeah. hearing and a gunshot. And that's outside. Right next Exactly. Right all next the gunshots door. I've heard are all outside yeah. in cities. And then, like, it. even then, it's loud as hell, and everyone in the house imagine, is like, did you hear that? Like, right, but imagine a rifle in an enclosed house. That's just insane. Especially a house that's this old and wooden. That, the acoustics in that house, oh, let yeah. me tell you, oh, have yeah. to be crazy. This, like, reminds me, like, him being the only survivor and the whole entire family being killed, it almost reminds me of, like, Lizzie Borden. Yes. Right. Like, where, like, I mean, she was a little bit smarter and, yeah. no, not trying to glorify her killings, <laughs> but she used, like, an axe. Yeah. So that she had a motive, though. She did have a motive. But he doesn't. It's well, very strange. Well, I found that there was talk about, after he said to one of the police officers that after the parents died... Um, and they found all these people dead. He asked about how he would go about getting. There says you go. That, um, oh, is there a life He asked the policy? police what he would do in order to collect his father's life insurance, which prompted the prosecution <laughs> to suggest um, his motive was collecting Money. the policies from his parents. Number one thing to not bring up when your family dies is the life insurance policy, yeah. except well, for maybe like two and a half like, weeks later. You know, it's sketchy for that to be the first thing you say. Yeah. Not, it's like, oh, so how he do I was go about burying my parents? Not, oh my God, I'm so sad. My whole family, my whole family's dead. It's, like, where um, my money at? Well, mm-hmm. apparently yeah. I also found out that he was like a, like a drug addict okay. and stuff like that. He had history with drugs, so um, that was another thing that flawed his... Uh, like defense and stuff like that. Yeah. But we'll never know the full and true story of what happened because, like we said, DeFeo kept changing the details over and over again. And on March 12th, 2021, he took those secrets to the grave. Do we know how he died? It's, I found that they um, wouldn't release why he passed. Like they wouldn't say any health. That's weird. I don't like that. Yeah. No, that's really weird because how easy it is to say, oh yeah, heart attack or. Mm-hmm. He was murdered in prison mm-hmm. or, you know, just some kind of health condition. It's very strange yeah, that... it's like not... Yeah, and he's older at that time. It's not He like... was in prison when he died, too, so yeah. it's not like... I wonder if, like... Yeah, the official cause of death has not been released to the public. That's I interesting. I wonder if he was, like, beaten to death? Yeah, like, I wonder yeah, if it was something I, w- I would think that that would have happened shortly while he was in prison, not almost 50 years later. Yeah. Uh, Joy, I think you researched a little bit about the court case. Can you tell us, like, what happened? Yeah, so um, they found that he was a user of heroin and LSD, (laughs) and he had antisocial personality disorder, and that he was aware of his actions at the time of the crime. So after they read his, um, well, after the judge read what was going to happen to him, they said um, this was the most heinous murder committed in Suffolk County since its founding. Well, I can imagine a whole family was shot dead in their home. It's just... Well, I mean, like, that's... Stuff doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah, it's... Especially in, like, little towns. So, with the whole gunshot situation, I personally find it really hard to believe that, one, not only people in the house heard the gunshots, but also the neighbors. Right. Um, Yeah, yeah. If you've watched the movies, the house is portrayed as this very secluded, remote lake house. Yeah, it looks like it's this 
private lake house on a private lake, and there's, like, no one around. It's in a residential, like, kind of development-like area. It's right? a it, main street kind of situation. It just looks like situation. a suburb. Yeah, it has neighbors all around it. A lot of the um, buildings that are around it are older, and they have now been turned into a lot of, like, law offices and private businesses and stuff. But they were residents at they one point. They were resident residential properties prior to that so clearly people were living yeah. close to the house it's not like these are all new construction or anything right. these houses have all been standing Which is strange because in all these reports and we didn't i don't hear anything from neighbors saying that they heard gunshots nope like i can hear a handgun half a mile yeah, away exactly how are they not going to hear a rifle and the police, next door the police investigation concluded that there was no fitted sound suppressor found or used on the rifle yep it's super weird, which leads me to think maybe a possession-type situation could have been the problem, but also how did a bullet come out of that gun for each person without a noise? <laughs> right, Yeah. exactly. Weird. That's, like, the, the hardest part, part for me. Whole, yeah. This whole murder. Like, I can easily say, oh, yeah, demonic possession, haunting kind of situation, or someone who hated his father, because we do know that he had an awful relationship yeah. with his father. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, how did nobody hear a gunshot regardless no of yeah. what caused the shooting? Not demonic. Did, I didn't see anything, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of tore apart, not really tore apart, but we kind of gave medical evidence to what demonic possessions could be. People believe people in don't. a human. It's what it is. Um, but we didn't get into places or houses being possessed. No. We didn't get into that. Jordan's rolling her eyes. <laughs> I have it in my notes, rolls eyes, when we get <laughs> to the backstories. You'll see it, Kayla, because you have them. But I literally say, when we hit Ed and Lorraine, I'm just like, Butchering my notes. Butchering. <laughs> so before we get there, I wish they would have done like a. Did they do any kind of psych evaluation on this guy? Yeah, they. Well, I said um, earlier that they found out that he, he was using had, drugs and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They said that he had antisocial personality disorder, um, which really isn't like. It's not that big of a yeah, deal. Yeah, that's the only thing that they found. So that's apparently, weird. when they did their psych evaluation, they ha- came up with this. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal to disorder. have that. It make you kill <laughs> yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Did anyone else find anything interesting about the court case? Um, well, I have that uh, Butch did try to overturn his sentencing, mm. um, and Judge Stark shot down that motion very quickly. <laughs> and I just I'm going to read the quote from him directly because I think it's just the best way to sum it all up. Um, so Judge Stark said, I find the testimony of the defendant overall to be false and fabricated. His testimony that during the fall of 1974, he was married and lived with his wife and child at Long Branch, New Jersey, is incredible and not worthy of belief. He produced no corroborating evidence in this regard. Another reason for my disbelief of the defendant's testimony is demonstrated by consideration of several portions of the trial testimony. He signed a lengthy written statement describing in detail his activities. In this statement, he said that he lived with his family at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville and that he worked for his father, that he usually went to and from work with his father, who was ill, and stayed home from work on November 12th, 1974, that he was on probation for having stolen an outboard engine and had an appointment to see his probation officer in Amityville on that afternoon the defendant's girlfriend, Mindy Weiss, testified that she began dating the defendant in June of 1974 and was with him frequently that summer and fall. 
Um, the judge did also go on to state that he believes that he was completely lying about right. saying he was possessed or anything of that nature and that he fully does believe that he just carried out these crimes and he's, he knew exactly yeah. what he was doing he's a monster and, he yeah. shot everybody um and he does not believe any other scenario could have been what actually happened right. because the evidence just doesn't back it up right well good for you judge <laughs> <laughs> So this is the story and events that has caused this house to become haunted. And when we get back from our break, we're going to find out about the Amityville Horror after the Lutz family moves in. Ghost Encounters Podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Fire Media. Bring the heat to your online presence with their digital marketing experts, professional photography, and video productions. Visit phoenixfiremedia.com. If you're enjoying Ghost Encounters podcast, hit subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ghost Encounters PA. To watch full episodes of the Ghost Encounters show, visit ghost-encounters.com. All right, we are back. Let's get into the story that uh, brought about the Amityville Horror. So we spoke about the murders that happened that caused the house to be haunted. In December 1975, George and Kathleen Lutz bought the house at 112 Ocean Avenue. George and Kathy were made aware of the murders and even bought the house with some of the DeFeo's furniture still inside. Did they have to pay for that? Yes, yeah. it was $400. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't keep furniture where people were murdered. Yeah, why would I? I also just don't want other people's furniture. Like, what happens if... That was like a spot where some of the right. scene yeah. happened. Like, I, hope like, I feel like beds. maybe a, a TV stand, a dining room table, but like I don't want the sofa that you sat in no. for, yeah. with your whole family yeah. all the time, especially now that you were all murdered. Like I don't want anyone's used sofa, no. to be honest. But like specifically <laughs> dead people's <laughs> used sofa is where I'm going to have to draw the line. Like, that's just a little weird. But then like you talk, that stuff reminds me of... um. Like haunted objects and shit like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Like Where ghosts collector. attach themselves to Like yep. a Dybbuk box kind of thing. Yeah. Like, mm, yeah. Things will attach. Exactly. And you don't want to mess with them. Regardless, the couple moved into the home with the three children from Kathy's previous marriage. Daniel, age nine. Christopher, age seven. And Melissa, age five. Now, this 4,000 square foot house was a steal because it was a property where people were murdered, as we said. Um, it had waterfront access to the little lake. Um, there was a boathouse, a heated swimming pool, garage, and full basement. It's insane. Oh, wow. It's a decent property. Yeah, it is. But the family's stay would be very short-lived, lasting a mere 28 days in that month. The family allegedly experienced awful paranormal activity, such as green slime oozing from the walls and demonic pigs lurking about. I never heard that before. Demonic pigs. I How do you that. know the pig is demonic? I feel like pigs are has, just assholes. Maybe it's aggressive and has red eyes. I don't, I don't know. know. Why are there pigs in Amityville? In the middle of Long Island. Like, <laughs> yeah, like where would the pigs come from? Just because of it being maybe like satanic? Like if they think that it has to do with Satan? Would that maybe. be a piggy thing? I don't know. Usually don't it's know. like a goat thing. Yeah, not, it's always right. like a goat like situation. A yeah. Well, maybe they ran out of goats. They were out of goats that day. They, they want to do something different. Yeah. 
Uh, additionally, they reported seeing eyes peering in from the outside, hearing untraceable noises, and smelling weird and pervasive odors. And Kathleen uh, apparently levitated in bed, and George woke up at 3.15 a.m. each day, the same time of the murders. All right. I wake up at like 2.35 almost every night. You're on 1.36. Yep. It has to be demonic. No, it's just my body's messed up and thinks that that's the time to wake up. Yep. But it is a little strange that this dude who doesn't wake up at that time is waking up at the exact same time of the murders. I remember watching uh, these scenes in the uh, one with Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like making him really distraught that he just keeps waking up at this exact same time. And I mean, it is pretty I mean, it annoying freaky. to wake yeah. up at the wrong time every single day. But I think if I was also waking up at the same time that people were killed in the house that I'm living in, I would also be like, "Right, fuck no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is not okay. Yeah, I any agree, yeah. other time. <laughs> yeah, when you think of it that way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, even if it wasn't something, like if it just happened to be the time that his body rudely woke right. him up, like most adults, or if it was have, like once in a while, yeah, but you gotta pee the or fact you know, but... that it's the same time, I'd be like. Something's wrong. Clear out the house. We gotta go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, As early as 2006, George uh, had an interview with ABC News. He said, There were odors in the house that came and went. There were sounds. The front door would slam shut in the middle of the night. And he couldn't get warm in the house for many days. Now, yes, it's December. But this was also in that Amityville uh, movie where um, Ryan Reynolds, he couldn't couldn't get warm. Yeah. He constantly felt cold. He'd be in like three sweaters by the fireplace and still mm-hmm. could not get warm. Like as if this house had some sort of dark, cold cloud hanging overhead and everything was Is cold. it a cloud hanging over the house or was it a spirit possessing someone's body and not allowing them to be warm? Who knows? That's what I kind of wonder. Because I mean like a fireplace is going to throw heat. Like no matter what, it's going to throw heat. Yeah. But if you can't get warm, I'm wondering if it's more of a something preventing you from being mm-hmm. warm and not so much the air around you which is even scarier if potentially butch was possessed right and caused him to do something and now, i'd be upset if my body was doing things without my permission in the same house and now here's george uh something's going with him i think in the movie they kind of made it seem like george was becoming possessed by the same entity yeah by, and uh, I remember in the movie himself. they made it like a whole thing that he was like reading books on like the occult and everything too, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure if that was ever like corroborated at all. So actually, I think uh, one of the sons uh, said that George was very into the occult. Okay, I mean, which made I don't their mess with that story shit. less believable. Yeah, this whole thing sounds like a reach. It's just like kind of one thing after another that's like, oh yeah, that'll sound real. Right. That would sound real, right? Right. If we did that, that would sound like, "Mm, well, now they they did ask a priest to bless their home. And uh, apparently, one of these spirits actually slapped the holy man and told him to get out. And that's when the Lutzes decide to get the hell out of that house. Seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But now is when we hear about Ed and Lorraine Warren investigating Amityville Horror. A lot of people don't know that. They were the first paranormal investigators to investigate the Amityville Horror House. Um, There's another guy that um, was called in to investigate as well, I found. Um, Dr. Kaplan? Yes. 
Um, he's a self-styled vampirologist. Is that how you pronounce vampirologist. it? Vampirologist. Interesting. And um, ghost hunter. He went in and investigated, but he told the Lutzes that um, if he found any hogwash, he was going to basically say, right. I'm going to tell the world, you know, if you're lying. Right. So this led to apparently a big falling out um, between the two of them, which I don't understand why they would be pissed that he would say that because if it was if, real yeah right. if it's real what do you have to hide yeah um but he did go on and write a critical book titled the amityville horror conspiracy along with his wife and the book was actually published in 1995 yeah it makes it, me want to as read soon it. as this family came out with um the paranormal happenings that were going on here there was very mixed i mean it made like national headlines it's the green slime on. for me yeah that's the one that, that I'm like, no fucking way. But people were very torn is into, oh, people kept saying, oh, they're lying, it's a hoax, they're just trying to get money, mm-hmm. and then other people were believing. Yeah. I mean, I, go back I and don't forth on it. see how just coming open about a paranormal experience makes anyone money. That no. You don't just make money because you're on the news. Nope. It doesn't but your first like thing that. you do is trademark the Amityville Horror. Oh, so when did that happen? So, in my research, I found out that um, he registered the phrase um, The Amityville Horror as a trademark in 2002. And it's actually on his official website. The Amityville Horror, the little TM at the top. Oh, his, he has a website. Yeah, well. Well, I mean, I, I could see that, like, after a book is written, after yeah. a movie comes out, you want to collect the money that's going on based on your family story. You know? But, uh... In the first inst- in the first couple of years, because this happened in 1975, what money do you have to make by fabricating yeah, a story? Yeah, and that's why I think that's the strongest reason that I go so back and forth on this one is yeah. because originally when they started coming out, they weren't jumping to these like "there's slime coming down our walls, we're levitating." It was more minor things, weird noises, weird yeah. smells eyes i mean the pigs is a little out there but it did their reports did start as more like we think this house is haunted it's alarming and it progressed into the like huge our house is oozing blood and there are pigs trying to kill us and it's like george liked the attention and started fabricating i think that's exactly what it was i think it probably did start as a real kind of possession something of that nature. Like a, a, kind of like a regular haunting. Yeah, just more of a regular haunting. I don't think it really affected them. I mean, obviously, I don't know, but I feel like I mean, it probably left, didn't but... affect them too much at first, and they were like, well, maybe we should say something. Like, yeah. the killing could have yeah. caused ghosts. Who knows? And then they realized, oh, we could be on talk shows. We could have movies. We could have book deals. Let me tell you more about this house. <laughs> yeah. And then I think it was like, well, why are you still living there? And they were like, you're right, we gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have also that um, he claimed that the film producers um, fabricated the events in, mm-hmm. like, the remakes. Um, and he also claimed that the producers of the 2005 film did not involve his family in any production. And, like, they didn't ask his for his permission for, like, using names and everything. So maybe that's why he did a trademark. To try to get something out of it after, or like knowing that the movie was going to be coming out, right. and knowing that he wasn't going to get anything but out of it. He wanted the attention. Wanted, they weren't collaborating yeah. with him at all. Yeah, it's public knowledge. It's in newspapers. There's already documentaries. There's a book. You don't mm-hmm. need permission to yeah. use this stuff. Exactly. 
Well, they definitely felt entitled because eventually, as we'll go on, I'll be able to explain that they tried to sue a fuck ton of people. Oh, jeez. We're getting into that, but uh, two months after the Lutz family moved out, uh, a local TV crew did a segment on the house, and they brought in Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, I admire Ed and Lorraine Warren very much. They were very well-liked, known. They investigated some very well-known places. Yes, they were, you know, religious and believed in heaven and hell and all that. But they were kind of like the first paranormal investigators. I mean, uh, they actually founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, one of the oldest ghost hunting groups in New England. Um, they never charged a cent for anything they did. They did everything purely out of the kindness of their heart. Jordan is rolling her eyes and raising her hand. I know Jordan <laughs> doesn't that? like the words. I just want to know their credibility. How, what made them credible Like credible for this specific haunting? Like, they where did they come from? Where did we find them? Tell me all about it, because I just don't... They were, by this point, they were very well known as being paranormal investigators and Lorraine being a clairvoyant. In the 70s? Okay. Yes. They were known. Okay. Yes. Okay. They were very well known. Um, they've been on multiple interviews on different TV stations. Um, people knew the stories that uh, were going on, so they were very well known at this point. They were kind of like the only ones doing it. Okay. You okay. Know, nowadays, like, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm a dime a dozen, but there's a bunch of different research um, places in every state. There's a bunch of different paranormal investigators. Um, they were kind of like the only ones doing it and the most well-known. Okay. Makes so sense. like, and did she have, what did you call her? Clairvoyant. What does that mean? Okay. It's it says that clairvoyant is more able to, um, like read things based on an object, person, location, or physical event. Yes. Okay. Whereas a medium kind of hears things happening around them, like spirits okay. kind of situation. Right. So okay. a medium kind of hear spirits around them can like start talking to you and asking you questions and yeah and be yeah. like start, so and start so getting a sense of like did you have a grandfather passed. that died and yeah. it's like here we go again whereas yeah. like well, a there's clear... a lot of those yeah. that are like fabricated oh absolutely yeah eric's medium abilities are spot Insane. on it, like, like it's oh, yeah. crazy you know i think the medium thing is more like they start getting to know you and yep. then they start sensing your loved one that exactly. has passed. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. I, I um, was literally just talking to my friends at work because some people have asked where he's been and I was like going off on a tangent about like how like at one point, Justin, as my witness, I didn't believe in that stuff. I thought mm -hmm. it was all bullshit. Yeah. And um, not knowing him and by the third time we had a podcast together, we basically bombarded him and said, yo, tell me what's good. Like, I want to know. Like, yeah. Tell me my shit. Like, mm -hmm. I just want to see what you're about. And he told and said some shit that literally just shook me to my being. Yep. And yep. that's how I am. I you I have to see it. I have to be there present for it or I don't fucking believe it. Exactly. Yeah, there's that's no, fair. No, there's no problem with that. Yeah. Um, but a clairvoyant is more like they can walk into a house or touch an object and know exactly the trauma that mm -hmm. happened. A clairvoyant can touch you and see memories and can feel your okay. trauma kind of thing. Interesting. See, I don't know any of that stuff because I don't really, like, go into depth. Then, uh, quote directly from Lorraine, she said, The very first night that Ed and I went into that home, I was fearful, but I didn't know what I was fearful of. Um, so she kind of, as soon as she walks into this house, she has this sense of fear, but she didn't know yet why. Okay. You know? She also said, as I was going up the stairs, I reached a point where it felt as if a force of water was coming against my chest, almost like a waterfall. 
It was the worst feeling. I stopped at the landing and held tight to the relic that was in my hand and asked the strength and direction going forward. It felt ominous to me. She was holding like a rosary or some kind okay. of, uh, you know, sacred yeah, object. Right? I figured they that. were, yeah, very religious. Figured that. Um, <laughs> she also said uh, in this interview, Amityville was horrible, honey. It was absolutely horrible. It followed us right straight across the country. I don't even like to talk about it. I will never go to the Amityville house ever again. You don't know how long my career is. That's the only one. Wow. So she would never go back. So this one definitely... Out of this all the things... the last thing we talked about where they went? To see the demonic kid or whatever? That house? The demonic kid? You're not scared of that, but you're scared of this she house? She was terrified of Amityville for some reason. Wow. Um, the most well-known and best paranormal photo was taken inside this house during the Warrens' investigation. Uh, it was in 1976, and it features what appears to be a young boy with white eyes who is peeking out of a doorway by the railing. The image was captured by Gene Campbell, a professional photographer who was part of the team who worked with Ed and Lorraine Warren. Gene had set up an automatic camera that took infrared pictures to capture the second floor landing during the night. Equipped with black and white film, his camera captured this Amityville ghost boy photo that some have speculated to be the ghost of the murdered child, John DeFeo. Look at this photo. This photo is going to be on uh, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere, because I'm obsessed with this photo. Um, it's the most, it, it is the best paranormal photo ever, ta ever taken. If you look at this, they did a side-by-side -side of John yeah. and um, the face of the uh, ghost boy, and they look very similar. I mean, it's a black and white film taken yeah. in, you know, the 70s, but it's, the nose is, is, I think looks it looks like, like it could it's, be the kid. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I don't think it looks Jordan exactly has to like him. For herself but I well, think it does look things. a little similar. There's another thing that I found while I was doing research that made me shoot off a big old red flag. So my question is, why did the photograph not come out as soon as they took it? Why did they wait so and so many years for to show it on a TV show? I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't sit Because I found um, in my research, the photograph did not emerge into the public domain until 1979 when George and Kathy Lutz and another person appeared on the Mary Griffin show to promote the release of the first film. To me, when you do shit like that, it seems like bullshit. Right. You know, yeah. it, it looks like you gain publicity for the the film. Like it doesn't it doesn't hold a candle to what I need right. as a skeptic yeah. or as somebody like looking in and seeing this. Right. Like I need more. That's fair. I need more. <laughs> oh, no. I think it's just Wait. too spooky that I don't even want to like. It's so damn clear. Ugh. Like it's just that, it such is a very a clear, clear photo. Picture. Yeah. Like it, it is. It is proven to be taken during the investigation wow. and by the professional photographer that they were working with. Okay. The Warrens didn't they didn't do what I do, which is make a TV episode out of investigation. Yeah. They didn't take their evidence and blast it across the world. I mean, the internet didn't exist yet. There's no way to do that. But they didn't do this for publicity. They didn't do this for money. They didn't take a cent. They did it because they thought that's what that were. They People thought that's... To know why they were put here on this earth was to do this and well in my opinion that's the only good thing i have to say about this <laughs> <laughs> because 
kudos to them. It's amazing that they're trying to help people. Yeah. So, but some of the shit that goes along with them, it's like well, they're I'm holding very... they're holding the angel and the devil. One's the the fake and the good stuff. It's just like it's hard for me. I'm like right in the middle. I can't figure them the fuck out. And my it hardest part me. with them is that like everyone, I think everyone knows that I'm not religious. And for me, they make so many of like the possessions and everything a religious thing, which I don't know if I fully believe that like religion has anything to do with spirits. But also which was kind of what we much. talked about in the last episode. Yeah. which I wish you were there for. Yes, I was I like, Kayla would be so awesome right now because. Um, she you has these my views that we don't tangents. have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's like my only thing that I, my only issue that I find with the Warrens ever is that I can't fully be like, yeah, I like them because they always want to make it a religious thing. And I'm like, I think spirits are just fucking assholes sometimes. And <laughs> I don't are. think it has to do with heaven or hell. Yeah. I think it's someone that's like, I'm going to be a dick while I'm dead and you right. can't do shit about it. I say it. that all the time. Like people, like we watch these shows, these ghost shows together, mm-hmm. me and Justin, and I'll be sitting there and like, we'll be like super into it. The house is completely like quiet and they'll be like, if you're here, throw something. And I would turn to Justin and be like, I'm throwing a whole fucking pot at somebody. Honestly. Like, someone's like, getting caught. Like a sofa across like, the room, and it's that, like, hold on, it, that goes. it could have been a tissue box. So <laughs> let me explain that part of it. A yes, little bit. please explain okay. for us people here. As a paranormal investigator, this yes. question comes out a lot. If I were going to haunt, I'd be throwing shit left and right. Yeah, right. Okay, but you don't have not, the energy to do it. That, yes, okay. it's gonna go into that. Not all, not all spirits are on this earth all the time. What I have found is that they're not like usually, charged. usually traumatic. Uh, or bad deaths or trauma is what keeps these spirits locked okay. in our realm, if you will. I mean, that makes and sense. Yeah. yeah Why yeah, else yeah. would you be stuck so, here? Technically, our soul is considered to be energy. Mm-hmm. Energy cannot be destroyed. Okay. Right? That is a law of okay. science. It is. <laughs> Let me just say. It oh. is. Science. Um, so it's speculated that ghosts are pure forms of energy. Okay. And they need energy in order to do things such as oh, manifest okay. or move things. If they do not have enough energy to do that, they have to maintain their energy to just maintain being a spirit. Otherwise, most likely, that energy will be used and they will not be a spirit anymore. Um, so they need a decent amount of energy to move things to manifest. Okay. Um, Look at how that's why you are. You're a professional. <laughs> Damn, my that's mom's why... ghosts were lazy as hell because all they ever did was move the bed. <laughs> well, like roll over. Oh, I was yeah. say, I'm sure it was the spirits moving the bed. No, I'm... <laughs> I was home alone. Oh I would like to I'd like to preface I was home alone. <laughs> okay. Very home alone. <laughs> and there was oh a lot of God. a lot of noises in the bed happening but and there's this... no one else there. So But this goes into why paranormal this goes into why paranormal investigators uh, feel drained sometimes is because they are using the person's okay. presence, theirs, energy. That makes so to much do more things. sense. That's why batteries will suddenly full batteries will suddenly just drain to zero. I've witnessed that happen in front of me. Okay, fully charged brand new batteries will just God, drop damn. to zero, and there's no explanation for it. And that's because they are <laughs> they using said, energy from the stuff. Thank you. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, you're gonna, yeah, okay, let me take some of that, mm-hmm. that battery. You're like, I don't you. think you really need this. <laughs> <laughs> I need this more than you. You don't understand. I can't move without it. Yeah. And so then we can go into, you know, our orbs reel. And I would say more times than not, I am telling people that the, the 
thing that they have captured in a photograph mm-hmm. is dust, a bug, something like that. I've but seen one in real life. But there are ones that if you look, look very different. They're going to be colored. Yeah, They're that's going what I to see. look very spherical and not necessarily flat, right? Because it's okay. not going to be that disturbance of, you know, dust going in front of the camera and the focus, mm-hmm. everything like that. It's, you're going to see a spherical thing. You're going to see dimensions. You're going to see colors. Um, was that was a, that a Weaversville that I saw one? Yes. I was like, oh, is there a flash of light over there? Yes. Did anybody see that you or something? You saw it right yeah. in person. I, yep. Um, it is said that a sphere is just a is just a very basic shape. Okay. You don't need much energy to I mean, that create. Would, so that's that kind of how why the orbs right. That's kind of how things can start, and then if they get enough energy, they can slowly start to manifest into a partial apparition. And if they get more energy, a full bodied apparition. Okay. Yeah, I think the. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, you explained that really well. I think the law is the law of thermodynamics. I want to say, I'm not fully sure, but like energy cannot be created or, or destroyed. Right. Yeah, it can only be like transferred. Yeah. It can only be yeah. put into something else. That energy cannot be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic. But going back to the Warrens, so there was actually an interview done with the reporter that was there at the time. Oh, cool. And they asked her, what was the experience like when you went into the Amityville house with Ed and Lorraine Warren? She said, I recall Lorraine didn't know whose room was whose, but uh, when she walked into Ronald Jr.'s bedroom, uh, I was right behind her and she stopped right at the door, still. And she backed out and says, I can't go in this room. There's just too much evil, too much oppression here. And I remember at a certain point on the stairs, the second floor landing, she also got a headache. And then she also says, our cameraman, uh, he got called in to do this last minute. So my point was he didn't know anything pretty much about this uh, house. And he went up the stairs uh, with his light meter and he got halfway up the first flight of stairs and he turned around and looked at me with almost quizzical look on his face and says, there's a room on the second floor. It's the second bedroom, the second door on the right, and one wall is filled with mirrors. And he says, and I don't know how I know that, Again, that was the master bedroom, uh, obviously, where the DeFeos were murdered. So this camera guy goes in, he gets halfway up the stairs, and he just, like, starts looking puzzled. I don't and like all it. of a sudden, he just knows that there's a bedroom on the second floor. He knows exactly where it is, and that the one wall is filled with mirrors. That's creepy. Mm-mm. Weird, right? And well, this camera that... guy was asked to do this last minute. He was just, I guess someone else may have backed out or something, and he had to fill the spot. Isn't it a thing when you have like two mirrors facing you like towards your bed? Yeah, a portal. Isn't that a thing? Paige told me about that before. And she covered up because I had my vanity in my bedroom and then there's the big armoire that has like the big window. I mean the big uh, mirror. Mm -hmm. And she literally covered up the one mirror (laughs) with pillows because she's like, it's a portal. Demons are going to get like she got really freaked out from it. So that's weird that they have a whole wall. Yes, but more happens to cameraman. She says, and uh, he continues up the stairs, and he turns around. I was at the bottom of the stairs looking up at him, and I see the color drain from his face. And he clutches his chest and doubles over, at which point our sound guy and the lighting guy ran upstairs to get him, um, to get him back downstairs to, uh, you know, sit um, and get him some water, because he really didn't look good. I remember taking his pulse, and you can see it was pretty rapid. He goes, I just had heart palpitations. I just felt this heaviness. I've never felt anything like this. That was scary. 
See, and now it's things like that that brings me back to like. Yeah, just yeah. this. You know, I, I know I how the news can be. They can be biased, and they yep. are probably thinking, "Oh, we're probably not going to get anything." I say, exactly. I gotta see it to believe it. And, and now they're go, feeling stuff and seeing and stuff. If I go to some place and that shit happens to me, I believe that it's scary. It's yep. a haunted ass place. I'll believe it then. Like I right. just need something like that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> not that know? I want to die, but um. Another thing that I found was really interesting was that there um, was another investigator that came in, a parapsychologist named Hans Holzer. Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah. He has that show. What's the name of the show? uh, Holzer Files. Uh, My sister and my mother love that show. They swear by this guy. um, But I guess the both of them suggested the same thing, that the house is occupied by a malevolent spirit um, due to its history. What fucking history? I don't know. Um... But also, this whole visit um, was depicted in the film The Conjuring 2 in 2016. That was another thing I found. Yeah, in uh, Conjuring 2. There Which was, I've never seen. Uh, there was a small scene um, with Lorraine, um, with Ed and Lorraine at the uh, Amityville Horror House. And uh, Lorraine goes into one of her clairvoyant like trances and sees something awful. Um, and she, is, she was terrified of that house, always. Oh, okay. Throughout her whole life. Um, so, like, they think this is this place is haunted just because of the guy that killed the people there, his from, family there. From what, I ga- what, from what I gather... Is that the history? Yes, from what That's I gather. That's it. Just that one traumatic experience. Yeah, I mean, but you, of all people know, I mean, you've been on things with me, you know, all it takes is one awful traumatic experience to make a place haunted yeah i mean i agree yeah i definitely agree Spirits i'm just don't saying leave, especially if something bad happened yeah but what is interesting though is that obviously ronald is not dead at this point so his evil spirit's not there yeah like so they yeah. keep saying that something is evil in this house um could it be some kind of evil entity that caused possesses people I don't know about possesses, but maybe I have seen and heard stories directly from people, one of which I've helped, and she'll be on the podcast uh, season two, um, where she had an evil entity in her house, and it just caused everyone in the household to be extremely angry all the time with each other, depressed, and as soon as they left the house, they felt fine. Yeah, like, I definitely believe in that. Like, I believe that there can be truly negative spirits. Not that I think it's demonic, not Mm -hmm. that I think it's anything like that, but I do believe that there is negative energy at places. I tell Justin all the time when I feel like something's a little weird, or I'll tell him straight up if people think it's weird, I don't feel anything weird, because sometimes I feel sensitive to those things. Mm -hmm. In, In past and present situations, I've definitely felt some sort of sensitivity towards things. So I do agree that negativity is a thing. Absolutely. It's, it's there. It, there's it, no escaping it. could take it. a hold on a single person and make that person go completely yeah. insane, angry. But where like, did it come from? Where did the negativity come from that I, would have taken him? So there were a lot of rumors about this house. One of which is like that it was built on like a Indian burial ground. Rejected. <laughs> I have that. Yeah. And that was rejected. Yes. Right? Yeah, they said no to um, that one. In the movies, they depict like I think one of the movies goes back to the whole Native American thing. Uh, another movie says that, like, it was previously lived in by, like, an occult person and all kinds of stuff. 
We will never know. Nope. We will never know why. We will never know the true story. Which One sucks. thing I can say is this house probably was at some point haunted. But I do believe that the Lutz's family did fabricate things over time. Yeah. They definitely did try to make money off of this. Not right away. Nope. Obviously. But you see later down the years, more fabrication, more fabrication and them being more involved in movies and stuff uh, comes about. So they definitely made some money on this. Yeah. Which is, like, unfortunate because, like, for people that really... Like, there's some stories out there where people are really struggling and they're so desperate to get rid of spirits in their house and yeah. all that stuff. And then you have people that come out and they're just like, oh, Flubber came into my house and strolled down the wall. <laughs> you know, like, and you just feel like, what the fuck? Right. Like, don't, do, don't ruin it for everybody. Yeah. Like, just say what happened there. We'll get help and we'll move on and everybody's going to be good. But instead you want to make things more dramatic exactly. for a story, which is stupid in my opinion. Yeah, I'd rather have the real story. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody would. So yeah. I don't know why money hungry people got to be crazy. Like, you don't need to do all that. <laughs> they see an opportunity and they run with it. Um, I found some interesting... Um, information just about the residents like and the stories and everything like that actually like the local residents were unhappy with all the like attention that oh, it got sure. um they tend to decline requests to discuss it um the website of the amityville um historical society makes no mention of the murders by ronald defeo yeah that's it should that's in 1974, or the period that the Lutz family lived there, they just try to erase I it from history. It was crazy, yeah. So you can't and just also, erase things from history. Yeah, and it says matter. when the History Channel made its documentary about the Amityville Horror in 2000, no member of the historical society would discuss this whole thing on camera, which I thought to be really weird. That is really weird. Like, I mean, why are you guys that against it? It's so wild. Just talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Obviously, it's just like clearly someone's trying to hide something. Yeah. They won't talk. We, we don't know why uh, Ronald Jr. died in prison. Uh, we don't know why it's no one heard any gunshots. Sketchy. There are some very weird things with this with this case. Mm -hmm. Very weird things that cannot be explained. Yeah. Obviously, we know that some of the things they said were just completely fabricated mm -hmm. and things have been twisted throughout the years. And I mean, even George himself quoted that the book that was written was mostly true so i mean right. that true. in Not and of itself is a little true. bit mostly of true. a like confession like mm, maybe well, happens, i stretched I mean, the truth maybe how it's many, not all right how many books and exactly. movies are 100 percent true exactly not many it has to be there's done a in a certain way to get yeah. yep there's readers and viewers yeah. yeah um i do have some other fun information that um the house was placed on the market just recently in 2010 and the asking price was 1.15 million. Whoa, big difference from $80,000. Yes, <laughs> yes. And in August of 2010, the house was sold to a local resident for $950,000. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the property is also like all the records are pretty much sealed on it as well. Oh, sure. um, yeah. You can't Something even like that get a happens, yeah, you yeah. can't even get a Google Maps photo of a street view of the house. Whoever owns out. it has it completely shut down and before it got sold the departing owner um held a moving sale um at the house and hundreds of people turned up they were allowed to go inside but they were not allowed to go visit the upstairs rooms or the basement which right. we know is 
some of the craziest spots in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense that they wouldn't want the general yeah. public in that. Yeah. yeah you're like, probably going to have hundreds of people walk into this house just because they want to see it. You yeah. imagine if there is an awful spirit in there, he's like, let me show you what I could do with all these people. <laughs> right. Or if someone else is bringing something in. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, that's pretty much the story of the Amityville Horror. Um, like we said, obviously, a lot of the things were fabricated, but there are some really strange things with this case. Absolutely. Very, very strange that cannot be explained. Um, before we go, I just want to thank all of our listeners again so much for listening, sharing. Um, it's been very rewarding to hear a lot of people's wonderful feedback to just be walking around. Jordan, you went to your dentist's office and all of a sudden your dentist's office is listening yep. to the whole podcast. It's yep. great to, you know, be recognized and people, you know, that I don't even know listen to us. You know, exactly. It's just like, it's kind of like a bonding kind of thing. Like, we don't know you, you don't really know us, but like, we spend time together and that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> we spend time in your ears. Exactly. <laughs> and even though we all may not agree, we still are all here for some ghosty shit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we um, believe in ghosts. Yeah. We want to hear about the ghosts. Exactly. But... We're just here to present our research findings, our opinions. Yep. Have um, some fun. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. These stories are really cool, whether you believe or not. Exactly. Really I think cool. that's a really awesome thing is yeah. whether like you fully believe in anything, especially for Amityville that happened, like at the end of the day, it's cool to it's listen still, to. Yeah, it's still, still a cool yeah. place to learn about. Like whether, like me, I say skeptic shit and all that stuff, but you know, if I, I believe in haunted houses, like, right. you know, if I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to be hearing about this stuff, I'm Okay, when the shit's gonna happen? Like, yeah, you know, like I'm still, still shit makes me on edge. Like, I'm gonna go home tonight. I gotta wake up at 3 a.m. I'm gonna be like down with the demons as I'm walking out the house. <laughs> down like, with you know, the demons. Get like freaked out. So like, it's I don't know. I just it's just a good I don't know good topic. Yeah, it Amityville. Is. It's just fun to talk about. It is. Yeah. But again, thank you all so much for listening. Um, this wraps up season one. Season four. Oh my god. <laughs> it's over. I think be... this is a really good one to end it with. Yeah, I think it was. So too. Yeah. We're going to be back uh, with season two full force. We have some really great ideas coming up. Um, but again, if you have any ideas or want us to research and talk about places, email us, message us. Again, sponsorships uh, are open. Anyone who wants to buy some really good sponsorship spots on the podcast, uh, reach out to us. We'll scare you next time. Stay spooky. See you next season. And make sure to come back for the next episode.